0: Good morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I'm glad that you are here joining with me today for a nice hot cup of... Mm, donut House coffee today. You can almost taste the donuts in it. <laughs> and thinking about donuts, um, when we were going through my mom's um, house... A couple of months ago, a month or so ago, uh, came across in one of the drawers her old donut maker from when I was a child. Uh, not like a machine that made them, but it was the specifically the uh, uh, like the cookie cutter, except it was a donut cutter. And she would make the dough from scratch and use that and then fry them up uh, in the skillet. Uh, have plenty of oil in a small, deep-rimmed skillet, and so gosh, I, I haven't thought about that in a bit. But I found that, and it was like, "Ooh, we got to keep this." But anyway, hello, <coughs> and uh, let me get another cu- uh, sip. Ah, today is. Oh wow! Today is is um. August 10th, 2022. And it is uh, just about quarter after six in the morning getting up and doing this and didn't realize. um, But let me do a quick think here. Uh, Eight, nine, ten. Holy cow. Today is my 35th anniversary for starting. Work in the mental health field. Now, granted, I've been retired for approaching a year, but I always keep track of that. It was August tenth, 1987, when I had my first day of work at what was then called the FEM County Guidance and Counseling Center. That was a mouthful. Eventually, the name was changed to Heartland Human Services. But yeah, I didn't even realize that was today. I hadn't even thought about it. (laughs) So happy August 10th. Um you know uh a while ago, actually it would be if this is the third it was ten years ago, was the twenty-fifth anniversary, and I actually brought in a cake uh to work that day and it had written on it, uh twenty-five years, what a long, strange trip it's been. <laughs> Oh, because I was supposed to be a high school teacher. I was going to teach psychology and teach public speaking. I really wanted to be a science teacher, but I couldn't cut the math. I've just never been on a very good mental processing uh, relationship with math. So I switched to psychology and did my student teaching and unfortunately could not find a teaching job, which led me into the mental health field. And that's where I wound up spending my career. But yeah, 35 years ago today. So to any of you that may listen to the podcast that I worked with back then, uh, a big shout out to you. Uh, shout out to two gals that started work right about the same time I did. Uh, Chris Winters and, oh goodness, I forget Sherry's new last name, Um But we had a blast. We were all three fresh out of college, all three working in the substance abuse field. Uh, I was doing prevention. Sherry was doing um, uh, adolescent counseling. And then Chris was a general substance abuse counselor. But wow, that that one caught me by surprise this morning. What I was going to say tying back into the, uh, the donut maker, uh, was, um, kind of going back to yesterday in just a moment. Let me get another sip. Mmm. Coffee does such a good job of cutting that phlegm in your throat. If you, (laughs) if you got it hot enough and this is good and hot, but, um, you know, Yesterday, my wife and I, we had a special meal that, you know, is something we talked about when we moved out here to the farm. And we were wanting to, you know, work our way into homesteading, which is basically where um, you're self-sufficient. You are doing uh, what you can and what you need to do. To raise your own food and provide for yourself, and uh, and on this farmstead is where my grandparents during the Great Depression raised my dad and my aunt, uh, and and provided all their food on this twenty acres of land. So we always wanted to have you know meals get to the point where our meals, uh, not necessarily every meal, but we could easily have a meal that featured only what was you know raised on the farm and so uh last night we had as our our course as our meal we had chicken uh roasted chicken which we raised uh we also had uh cucumber salad like cucumber vinegar you know, salad that was, again, from our uh, garden. We had, goodness, what else did we have? <laughs> uh, oh, we had pickled quail eggs because we now raise quail and we get about a dozen eggs a day. And uh, and so we're, uh, if, if you want to have qu- uh, pickled quail eggs and you live around here and don't know where to get quail eggs, Come see me. We can set you up. Uh, We also had watermelon uh, for dessert, and that was from our garden. Uh, Dawn picked seven, eight, or nine watermelons uh, this week. Uh, Actually, I guess it was two days ago she picked them. And uh, uh, I forgot to bring out, we had green beans, uh, and then we also had tomatoes. And so we had a nice meal that was just raised here on the farm. Oh, we had sweet corn. We had sweet corn. We have two small little patches of sweet corn. Um, and this was from last year's seed. It was peaches and cream. And oh, it was so good. When we went out to check on the sweet corn, and not all of it was ready, but some was. And I picked the peaches and cream, and I, I, I um, shucked one ear out there. And just ate it raw. Oh my gosh, it was so good and so sweet. Oh, that was incredible. There's just something about eating the food that you raised. Now, here's the funny thing. When I was growing up, that was normal. That was normal. Yes, we went to the grocery store. Mom didn't really bake bread. We would buy bread. But we, uh, we participated in the gardening. Even though we lived in town, we participated in the gardening, um, uh, up here at my grandparents' house. So when it came to beef, the grandpa would have a steer and would butcher it, and and we had some of that meat. Uh, when it was pork. Uh it didn't come from the farm here, but it came from my aunt and uncle in Missouri. And they would they had a uh a, a hog operation out there. And either when they came to visit or we went out there to visit, there was a trunk filled with, you know, uh packaged uh pork. Uh when it came to chicken, if we had chicken up here at the farm, then that was you know, raised on the farm. Uh, So, you know, our, our meats came from here. If we had fish, well, it was, why would you pay for fish from the grocery store when you can go out to the pond and catch bluegill or bass or catfish? And so that was a normal place for the meat. Now, where did we get our potatoes? They always had, from little on, a big potato patch. And I remember after mom and dad stopped doing a lot of gardening up here as they were, you know, in their 70s, they did one year plant some potatoes. uh, So uh, Aaron and Jessica, my two kids, that when they were little, they would be able to uh, help harvest the potatoes, help dig them out so they could see where potatoes came from. But it was cheaper and less, you know, frustrating to just raise them in, you know, or to buy them from the store at that point. But that was that was the norm. Whether you know we had asparagus, tomatoes, green beans, butter beans, peas, those were the uh, sweet corn. I uh, had a lot of problem with raccoons eating sweet corn back then. I remember Dad, he would set up an electric fence wire around the sweet corn to try to keep the uh, raccoons out. Uh, But those were, that was norm. That was the norm. Mom would can uh, 100 quarts of green beans and 100 quarts of tomatoes every year. And that was kind of for a family of three. You know, the potatoes, it was a big potato patch. Uh, and uh you know that that was that was a big thing they would use a tractor to and a uh, special walk behind plow to uh to dig them up and you know i miss those days i i miss the uh less hectic the less busy times when you could really do that And that's one of the things that I like with being out here on the farm now is gradually working to slow the pace of life so that you have the time and can do those things. Now, the one thing that will always get you and something that always got grandpa and grandma was uh, weeds. And so we use a weed barrier with that. Uh, for our garden, and uh it worked pretty well, and so we 're actually going to use more for next year. Um, we did also plant some different uh squash varieties and pumpkins and the um, uh, zucchini but I tell you i we learned a lesson we had them too many in in the area that we had, and squash bugs. Uh, it became a perfect breeding ground for them. And I had never seen squash bugs before, but I think if you have your vining stuff further and further apart, you don't have that same issue. So, but, you know, it's, it's nice. It is nice when you have fresh food to eat or something that you have canned now, our green beans, we just did one row, and, uh, and we did three pickings off of them. I'm seeing a few more pods come on, but uh, not that many. So I think what we're going to do is let them go to seed, and so we'll have green bean seed from our garden for next year. Um, we had one really good watermelon that we opened up, the first one. And it is a, uh, gosh, what do they call it? I cannot remember the name. I'm wanting to say rattlesnake, uh, but that doesn't sound right. But anyway, um, because it doesn't have a bite, it's sweet. Uh, But I'm saving seeds from it. It's also an heirloom. Um, But, you know, we, now I lost track. What was I saying with that? I don't know. (laughs) Too early for my brain to fully work today. But something I want to encourage you to do is find more locally grown food. Wherever you're at, don't just get stuff that's manufactured and processed and sold in the stores. You know, I remember when you went to a grocery store and the only foods that you saw was the fresh produce section. Then the stuff that would be in the fresh produce section, in the canned section, you had your meat and your dairy and your eggs. And the pre-processed or the processed you know, manufactured food that was ready to eat was actually just a small section. And now when you go to a store, the produce section typically isn't that big. And the canned actual food aisle, fruits and vegetables, isn't all that big. But boy, everything that all you have to do is pop it in a microwave or just eat it right like that, that's out there. That's the majority of what the stores seem to be. So find stuff that's fresh. Find living food. You know, go to your farmer's market. The farmers are harvesting stuff. They're selling it. You know, find a local farmer who who has, who is raising more than what they need. So they're selling it, you know, off their farm. Find people where you can get stuff fresh. And kind of learn to do some of those things yourself. One of the things we're looking forward to is trying is figuring out with my experiment on potatoes. Uh, We we have had such struggles with weeds in the past. Uh, What we've tried this year is to raise potatoes in feed sacks. We have lots of feed sacks from the animal feed we buy, and so we uh, we. Use those sacks and planted potatoes in them, and gradually added soil as the potato plants were growing taller and taller, and and uh, and so you get the you're you're supposed to be able to get the whole sack filled with potatoes. So I'm looking forward to that time when we can empty out the bag and see how many potatoes we get. And you can do that at home. You can do that if you live just about anywhere. I mean, if you have an apartment, um, do you have a a porch on the apartment? Do you have a little back patio? Do you have a deck? If you're on the second floor, you know, little, you know, little thing there where you could have a five-gallon bucket or a feed sack or, or, you know, a planting bag where you can raise potatoes. And and get a get a try. Check it out. You can do the same thing with tomatoes in a five gallon bucket. Um, there's there's just a lot of different things that you can grow. Herbs. Uh, my wife has a, a, quite a collection of herbs. Uh, rather than having flowers along uh, our deck, she has herbs. We had cilantro. Uh, which was in a a garden box, but it dried out and and it got too hot. So it bolted and it went to seed right away. But we have uh, some mints. Uh, We have basil. We have lemon balm. We have bee balm. I don't know if we have any oregano. I think we do have some oregano, Uh, but a couple of other different herbs. And I love whenever I'm cooking to go out And I would get the, you know, when we had the cilantro, I just love the taste of cilantro. And so I'd use that with cooking. I use the basil with cooking. Uh, The tea, I make tea with the mint leaves. So anybody can raise herbs in little pots. That's not a, a problem. And as my wife said, you know, she could have a variety of different flowers in all the gardens, but why not have you know some culinary herbs to use uh throughout the the growing season, so anyway, those are some of my thoughts and I guess yesterday it was it was kind of um, thoughtful that we had a meal where everything was raised on the farm, and going back to my childhood memories where Nearly everything we ate was on the farm because it was the one-year anniversary of mom's passing away yesterday. And there were a lot of good memories. There was a little bit of sadness, not much, but a lot of good memories. And some of those memories tied into the meals that she would make that were very, very healthy and were all farm-raised. So see what you can do. Think about a gar. If you've never done anything like this, think about a garden in your yard. If you have a house, you know where's an area where there's plenty of sunshine. Uh, If you normally have a garden where there's flowers, why not raise a variety of different herbs? You know, lavender. There's varieties of lavender that are specifically designed for oil. Some are designed to be used as as cut flowers, but others are culinary varieties that. Add good flavor to the foods that you prepare but try those different things see see how you do and uh, and enjoy it all right that's it for today have a great one everybody take care bye- bye